Well, thank you. Thank you so much for... <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hey Arnold Hey. This is Corey Vaughn. And I'm Adam Samaha. And we're here to talk to you about Hey Arnold. It's a 90s show um, that we love a lot. And we're we're figuring out there's a, that there's a little football head in all of us. Um, and you know, this show, we go into way too much detail. And even this week, which is Abner Comes Home and The Sewer King, even this week, which is, this is a, these are rough episodes. Very, very rough episodes. We're going to dig as deep as we can. Um, and maybe not as deep as usual, but you know what? We're here. We've arrived. Welcome. Join us. And that's that's it. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you. Uh, just kidding. First thing um, I want to say is I am... S- we're, uh, we're sorry. if you. Our last episode was a little rough. Um, we uh, screwed up on some of the sound stuff. And we're trying to figure it out. It might be fixed. You might have listened to it and said, I don't hear anything wrong. No, that's not true. You definitely heard something yeah, wrong because yeah. it only came out of one speaker. So sorry. But we apologize. We're working on it. We're only humans. Um, also, we've got we got like three emails this week, which is fun. Just really cool, um, thoughtful thoughtful words from people. One including a return from uh, uh, the, pota- the potato the infamous. Man? The infamous potato man? I don't even know what's it. Lack of nitrogen. Lack of nitrogen. Yeah. Um, I guess his, his name is Walter. And you know what? We're sorry that we assumed you were a dude, Walter. We're sorry. But not really because you were you, a dude. You were. <laughs> yeah. You were and you are a dude. Um, unfortunately, he didn't uh, explain his cryptic uh, message. Or title. Or, whatever. or title. Um, but he has a new one, a new title. So I guess maybe that's what we're going to do every time he emails us is read the crazy title. I hope this is like an ongoing segment where we just read the email titles or subject lines that he sends to us. Okay. From Walter, his happy hippo glued badgers to Buicks again. That one isn't cryptic. It's just, it. it's like just un, an unfunny, not like nonsense phrase. At least the last one. It's not dude. unfunny. That, that's harsh. I, I thought it was funny. All right. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. He, uh, he just gives us some tidbits that, you can find on the Harold Wikipedia page um, and not on the Wikipedia page on Harold Wiki, which is like its own. Do you know that everything you ever could want a Wikipedia about has their own full like sub wiki? It's like a subreddit for Wikipedia. Basically. I knew that except I feel like every time I stumble upon it, it's like I'm seeing it for the first time. So I'm like in awe every yeah. time I'm like, Whoa, I can't believe this exists. But I have that thought every time. To be, assemble upon one of them. to be honest, it feels less official than Wikipedia and more trying to be official than Reddit. And I think I like both Reddit and Wikipedia a little bit more. But it's because there's co- nothing more official than like a crowdsourced information website like Wikipedia, which is so unofficial. <laughs> hey, I use it in every every history paper, paper I ever wrote in, in college. <laughs> I hope your professor's not listening to this. I'm kidding. I, 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 I rarely used it, only sometimes. Uh, we got a few others from uh, one from Erica. Um, which her title was 23 Skidoo. Thank you. That That is relevant. Call back. That's Call good. back. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and another one from someone named Literary Squirrel. That's a good Jeez, name. Your parents suck if that's your name. Wow. <laughs> well, there's some like hippy dippy folks. Like, hey, li- hey, look, come here. 
Actually, I've met someone named Lit, so maybe that's not Lit? crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's insane. L-I-T-T. I was going to be named Adam, like A-T-O-M, but I'm glad they didn't do You're that. You're joking. No, that's not a joke. It's insane. And my parents aren't like that hippy-dippy at all. That's but not- I thought it would be funny, but I did have a mullet, so that's kind of... They just have bad judgment, I think. But they didn't follow through, which is good. I mean, I guess that's I about me. could call... <laughs> little tidbits about Atom. I guess when you're a kid, you probably were called Atom by like your kid friends. No, they just thought it would be funny. Okay, cool. Well, um, I I'm like putting off. Uh, oh, yeah, we're, we <laughs> are definitely lagging on purpose because this is probably the worst episode we've ever watched. Yeah, ever I, of anything. I hate Craig. no, no, <laughs> no. There are definitely worse things they've seen. Half okay. The second episode's fine. Well, we have plenty to talk about. The first, Abner comes home. This is something that Walter pointed out. Wow, the last episode we reviewed was called Olga Comes Home. So great job naming the titles. The same and the same. I I could give a long explanation of this episode, but I won't. This is the episode. It's just Arnold owns a pig because Arnold's a weird kid who doesn't have parents, who looks for looks for love in other places. Like, for example, suburbanized pigs. And uh, the pig runs away as pigs are ought to, off to do, off to do. And uh, then the pig comes back when Arnold pours garbage into his front yard. And that's it. I guess there's a cute part where Arnold says, you're the best pig a boy could ever ask for. That's cool. That's Um, about as cool as it gets. There are a couple of funny parts where uh, Arnold runs in and is like, where's my, have you guys seen my pig? Have you seen, his name is Abner. The pig's name is Abner. Have you, have you seen my pig? And no one listens to him. Grandma just says, does anyone want bacon? Yeah, that's That's a good one. That's a good moment. Uh, um. So, and there's a, a factually inaccurate part of this that around the the breakfast table they're talking about uh, how stupid the pig is because he's a pig, which is not true at all. Pigs are very smart. And I was doing a bit of research for this one, and you know, just making sure that we're talking. We we know we're talking about this episode. We want to nail the facts when it comes to the pig. Um, and yeah, a bunch of scientists have uh, put out research recently that their IQ is like higher than dogs, and I believe one of them said that it's higher than a three-year-old human being. So they're kind of the point, the thrust of what they're writing about was that we should recategorize the pig and take it off of our plate and put it into a higher place in society in the animal kingdom, oh which we put gosh. with the dogs Adam, and the horses and the dolphins. You're so hippie, dude. Oh no, my it, gosh. This is what they're saying, the, the scientists are saying, okay. and I would happen to agree. They're great animals. And I actually have a little story about when I was growing up. Um, if, I know you guys don't know where Orange Park Acres is because you probably don't live around here. But there's a place in Orange County called Orange Park Acres that's a bit rural as far as uh, suburban areas in Orange go. So a park? No, 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 no. It's not like that. Like people have like more, they have like horses and like stables and shit like that. And so this kid that I would. Staples? Ha- stables. Stables. Oh, okay. They, I'm sure they have staples too, but they're, I'm talking about something else. So, so they, yeah. So the kid, we would go to his house and he had a pig. He had a pet pig because he had a bunch of um, uh, farm animals and such. And the pig would leave in the morning at sunrise and then wander around uh, where. Like a cowboy? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. We didn't know where he was going and then would come home when the sun would set and he would do this every single day. And I thought it was amazing. That's when I first learned that pigs are super smart and they can do their own thing all day. No parents allowed. That story, which was barely interesting, held my attention. 
It's about as interesting as this episode yeah. is. Yeah, look. So it really, look, it really fits. I, every episode, I take, like, intense notes. Even the one, like, okay, my two least favorite episodes, Sally's Comet, or no. Yeah, yeah, Sally's, is that what it's called? Sally's Comet. Yeah, it is, Sally's Comet. And Operation Ruthless. They were fine, but I didn't love them. I still took pretty intense notes for those episodes. I didn't take any notes here. I don't know what to talk about. I've... What is this podcast about? That's I quit. That, that's our this scale. That's how we judge the episode by how, how, how many, many notes, notes Corey takes. <laughs> I wrote down nothing. And, and it, look, I think, I'm sure that this episode could have been great. Um, no. No, they, if they made it like a mystery, like him like actually. But they didn't. They didn't. That's and, like saying this could have been a good book, but it wasn't. Like it just wasn't. You can't rewrite the book unless it's some fan fiction right. shit. Yeah, let's talk semantics and philosophy. <laughs> what exists, I get it, okay? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I. Uh, there's a lot I wish they would have done with this. They didn't. I get it, but we're you know we're just spitballing here. And I think that I was trying to watch it like think of it from a kid's perspective because that's always fun to do and important when you're critiquing, <laughs> critiquing and reviewing a cartoon. Um, that if I was a kid, I would be probably just as bored as my adult self was when I watched this. Yeah, nothing really hap- Nothing really happens. Like, I guess you get to see the adventure from the pig's point of view, but it's a pretty boring adventure. He just eats food and like wanders around the city. And I guess there's like an absurdist element to it because we associate pigs with like rural environments, but they live like in a city. Sure. So there's like yeah. the pigs like running wild in the city, which I guess is like a bit absurd and kind of fun. But beyond that, I don't see anything else there. Arnold is such a weird kid. It makes sense that he owns a pig. I don't go. It's almost this too is obvious. A, yeah. Right. Uh, it, but it still doesn't feel like this is unbelievable. It's like, no. Yeah. He, he would own a pig. Yeah. He He's would. so contrarian. But like a goat would have been better. Like would have been like, why would you have a goat in the city? Because goats are kind of annoying. Yeah. But it would have been like uh, like a alternative to composting because they would eat all your garbage, which would be awesome. Yeah. My favorite part is when um, Abner thinks that he's a sheep pig, and so he like starts hurting sheep. Oh, no, that's Babe. Sorry. Oh. That's that's a good pig movie. <laughs> this is his cartoon. Exactly. Yeah, that's real life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Is there anything to talk about here? No, we're really fucking this up. <laughs> this has gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it hasn't. No, but it, don't blame us. Yeah. Greg, uh, blame Craig Bartlett. You should send well, him an stop angry email. Stop saying his name. I just no. want to say his name so many times that he'll contact us out of anger, which is fine. It's Craig, better than we, not hearing from him Craig, at all. We love Craig. this show. We love this show. This is a great show. Not this episode, though. Not this episode. And I, we just heard, I guess, recently. And we didn't even know this that Craig Bartlett was in our in our neighborhood, and we didn't know. We were both totally busy. busy. I was out of yeah. town. I was. I wasn't out of town, but I was. I couldn't go. I couldn't attend, and it's a shame. I heard it was very interesting, and we weren't even. Did on you top talk to Jared? It. I talked to him. He said it was great. He had to leave early, though. Mm. You guys don't know Jared, but you should get to know him. Works the old Green Bliss Cafe. Yeah. Now you know where we live. Uh, we already told him. I oh know. yeah, that's right. All right, we can move on. Sorry, we're rambling for reasons. Um, next episode is the Sewer King, which is a better episode. The way I was talking, I was thinking about this earlier about what was good about this episode and what wasn't. And I think the best parts of this episode is everything that surrounds the meat of the episode, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, so the meat of the episode is the sewer King. Like that's what it's. The episode is named that it's about some guy who lives in the sewer and is the King of rats and the King of all, you know, all sewer, all, the whole sewer system of the city so you'd think that would be the most interesting part of the episode, but it's not. It's the part that kind of drags a little bit, I think. 
Um, so what this episode is about is uh, Arnold sitting eating breakfast and his grandpa runs in and says, hey, Arnold, I need you to do me a favor. Can you go pick up this uh, my watch from the store and bring it back? I do it myself, but I've got TV to watch. And Arnold says, oh my gosh, you're trusting me with your priceless watch? Um, yeah, of course, I would love to do it. And grandpa- What could be more exciting too? Yeah, what a great day. Just yeah. gonna go pick up a watch. Yeah, but But you know what, for whatever reason, which I guess we could think about, you know, why is Arnold so excited about this? Arnold definitely is feeling this sense of urgency and a sense of um, I, having his grandpa say, I trust you with this. I, I guess it's a big deal for him because he really leans into this job. Um, he runs over to the watch store, gets the watch, is bolting back, uh, runs into Gerald, and Gerald's like, hey, let's go throw rocks at the river or something. Rocks into at, the river. Into the river. <laughs> and, uh, and at the river, angrily. Let's stone the river. <laughs> Uh, yes. And Arnold says, I can't, I have to take this watch back to uh, my grandpa and there's nothing that will stop me from doing that. And then you hear an explosion, uh, and there are like construction workers working on this hole in the ground. It's like a giant crater, uh, that goes deep, deep into the bowels of the city. And, um, then they go take lunch because that's what union workers do. Uh, Smart. yep. And work life balance. That's, that's about work lunch balance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, you see the kids, uh, Gerald and Arnold meet up with Helga, Harold and Sid, and they're all looking over the edge and they talk about how deep it is and how crazy deep it is. And also that it's deep. That's basically all they talk about. And then Arnold drops his watch into the hole. Of course. Accidentally. Accidentally. Not on purpose. He wasn't like making a weird wish. Right. And he wasn't like doing anything out of the ordinary, but I guess his the watch was in the pocket weird or something. It was in his, uh, the breast pocket of his t-shirt, which is not a good place to put important things. Yeah. Right. So, um, Helga makes fun of them, of course. Uh, and then Arnold and Gerald decide to go into the, into the bowels of the city to look for this watch. Um, and they like trounce through water and soot and poop. And then they stumble. Well, sewage, uh, sewage. Sorry. It's okay. Poops in there though. That's true. So, so water, soot, and poop is sewage. Yeah, it looked almost like an, they were in an aquifer or something, which is not what they were in. It was like very, it looked like cleanish water. Aqueduct? Aqueduct. Maybe. I think both, I think both are correct. I don't know. This is what the internet's for. We'll find out later. Find out. Stay tuned next week on Harold Day. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, they are actually about to die. These nine-year-olds are like going down this like dangerous waterfall and then this strange uh overall figure <laughs> swoops in and saves them and they find cape wearing he was wearing a cape he was wearing and a cape and overalls a and a helmet combo. yep yeah. he looked great uh and at this point a rat of this is pizza rat part one it's it's uh you've heard of pizza rat right <laughs> oh yeah i love pizza yeah this is this is a watch rat <laughs> the watch rat took the watch to the sewer king and the sewer king now has grandpa's watch and Arnold and Gerald see it and they decide to like meet him and talk to him. And he just ends up being kind of a weird, crazy man who lives in the sewer and says that this is my kingdom for all to see. And it's more depressing than anything. I think Gerald has like a decent line where he's like, Oh, it looks like you were last in line for the kingdom pick. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what the line was. It wasn't that funny. It was like kind of funny. Um, and then Arnold, I guess, challenges him to chess and agrees to live there if he loses. And then he wins and takes 
actually ends up just stealing it, which he could have done to begin with. Then they run around and they make it outside. Um, and the sewer King is like really sad. Um, I feel like I'm like rushing through this, but there's like a lot of like really tiny plot points. Uh, and then, it, <laughs> then Arnold, and Jer- Arnold get, gets back home, gives grandpa his watch and then grandpa just drops the watch down a drain and the sewer King gets it again, like a perfect circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and grandpa just kind of shrugs and says, Oh, well, uh, that's why you have a backup. And he opens up a drawer and it's filled with watches. The same exact kind, the same exact kind. And then Arnold walks away in dejection. Um, yeah, this episode is pretty good. Before we were recording, I tried to describe how I felt about it to Corey and I will repeat it now in a recorded form. Um, I sort of thought this was like, if you've ever been anywhere and you go like, this is a really nice plot of land, but then you look at the house on the plot of land and it's like a shack or it's like not quite what you think the land deserves. That's kind of how I feel this episode is. It's like the storytelling and the narrative is like fine. It's like good. And it's actually enjoyable. Like the way it has like it's roundabout nature where it comes full circle. Like you were saying multiple ways actually. Yeah, definitely. But then like everything that sort of happens in between is like slightly missable and like kind of boring. Yeah. And I think that I was a bit put off because the first episode to me was so boring. So it was like, had I had, I should have had low expectations, but I like usually the storytelling and everything in the show is good. And this just to me didn't deliver either. I think there's like a few interesting things you could go with. Like, um, there's like sort of the idea of the importance we place in, in, in like tangible things, like the way that he, uh, sort of in like a trans lights like state uh, exp- ex- explains like the intricacies of the watch. Go down to the jewelry store and give the man this receipt. He'll give you my gold watch. Had it cleaned. Get it back here in one piece and you'll be a real hero. You mean your Schnitzenbauer Time Master 909 with the Swiss Polar aligned triple synchronous movement escapement? That's the one. And like the way that Arnold uh, explains and describes this item, you think that it ha- holds some like great weight to him. Like there's some great importance to him. And um, I think that that's sort of fascinating because it seems like a thing maybe that he just, he loves it so much because he associates it with his grandfather because he's so fond and has such great love for his grandfather. But then when he greets um, Gerald and explains what to Gerald, what he's going to do, Gerald does the same exact thing and explain like, expresses his excitement about the watch the same exact way by explaining all the intricacies and details of the mm-hmm, watch. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like this thing has some sort of or like aura or I don't know, thing around it that these kids find so appealing, but I can't quite figure out what it is. But then later on in the episode when the, what is it? Not the rat King. What is his? I mean, he's basically a rat King. We have, what do they the, call He's him? the sewer King. The sewer. <laughs> I just missed the wrong word. The sewer King, um, finds such great importance in, in, it, in it as well. And it's obviously this thing doesn't hold any importance, but these people for various reasons are like assigning some sort of very high value to this good. And they'll do almost anything to see it treated the way that they feel it should be treated mm-hmm. and given to its rightful owner. So, Arnold thinks the rightful owner obviously is the grandfather because it's his and he associated with him. But then the sewer king like thinks he is the rightful owner and it is sort of integral to his kingdom and the power that he holds as a mm. king, um, which is interesting. And I think if we kind of, and then it comes full circle because the very end when he loses it, it's like not a big deal. Grandfather's got like a, uh, like a drawer full of these right, things. Right. 
So it's kind of like how much value does that thing really have is this, if it's so disposable and if it's so easy to replace. And I think this is sort of like a universal thing that we see in consumer culture that we're all sort of mm. surrounded by, where we think that these things around us and, um, are of such high value. But then if we were to have to replace them and you have the means, obviously, it's very easily done. And I think we associate some sort of emotional thing to it if it's gone through certain parts of our life and stuff like that. But I think that this episode in a weird way, and I'm probably digging as usual, um, ugh, is, Stop sort digging, of, dude. Ugh. is sort of addressing that sort of action and sort of feeling and calling it into question, I think, without actually doing it in an overt fashion. Yeah. I also think, though, that like the value. Yeah, he does talk about you know, that all these characters do go into great detail about why it's important. And by great detail, I mean, just like over explaining what the thing is, but the reason why it's such a big deal for Arnold to deliver that in one piece is both of them are like, Oh, grandpa never trusts anybody with that. Um, and so for both Arnold and for Gerald, it's crazy that grandpa would let a kid take that watch because it's his only watch and it's from, you know, the, mid-century you know it's a it's a mid-century watch or whatever it is and then when grandpa opens up that drawer and it's filled with more watches i kind of went oh that's unfair because grandpa heard arnold say you you don't even trust grandma with that watch so it's a little bit of a bait and switch like arnold thinks he knows what he knows which is kind of what this show is about right like that was the first episode too, where Arnold thinks he knows why the bag is the, like the money's in the bag that it was just given to him out of the goodness of someone's heart. And it turns out it was, you know, drug money or loot or whatever. I think there's a similar thing. And I only, you know, I, I don't think this is extremely explicit, but it makes sense that it's all about perspective, even with this in this watch situation, but it still feels a little bit like a bait and switch from grandpa. That's a little unfair. Yeah, I think that's true, but I think I think it's sort of he thinks it's this moment to teach Arnold a lesson, sure, and sure. he's sort of teaching him two lessons at once, which is like finding value in something and taking care of it, right? And then at the very end, when he loses it himself, that you always should be prepared. So it's like there's like two ways of looking at this <laughs> yeah. in itself. Yeah, it's, if if he if he came back with it and, it and didn't lose it, then Grandpa would say, "Hey, I trust you now." Yeah, fantastic. But if he job. had lost it, then he would say, "It's okay, I have a backup." Always yeah. have a backup. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, he's got a. There's something to learn either way that this yeah. sto sort of plays out. Yeah. The two there. So there are two things that I thought of. The first was um, they're and they're tied together too. I think, but the first thing is when that thing explodes and when the when the construction workers explode the street and there's a hole in the, you know a crater in the ground. Um, I thought of this painting by uh, Mark Tanzi, who is a he's like um. He's a realist painter, but he combines it with kind of a sur like a surrealist postmodernist uh, bent that's looking back at the history of modernism. Um, and there's a painting that he has of uh, this couple driving on the street, and the car has stopped, and the car is is stopped over uh, a crack in the ground, like caused by an earthquake or something or some sort of rift. Um, and so the wife is sitting in the front seat, driver's seat, and the husband is, or or man just the, the nameless man is outside of the car on the ground with one hand inside the crack um in a way that's like and his face is kind of quizzical and he's not all the way in he's just sort of like starting to reach into this um uh, chasm in between uh the road uh and it's called doubting thomas which is referencing uh 
one of Jesus's followers when Jesus dies. It's and it's not an overtly Christian painting at all. It's just a reference to like what doubt is and what it means to look into look look under the foundation of the thing you're on. Um, and the reason why that's interesting for Mark Tanzi is he, all of his paintings are referencing the ways that painters during the modernist era all the way up to his time um, found different ways to study uh, uh, the square canvas. Um, and, you know, it starts with cubism and um, other forms of like more like uh, just abstract uh, two-dimensional uh, painting that is is still about form, but eventually you have like Jackson Pollock who's throwing paint at the at the canvas, or you have uh, Rauschenberg who is like ripping apart the canvas and like sticking his hand through and like pasting pillows and blankets onto it because he knows that there's something foundational about the canvas that is more than just a means of like holding the paint. It it is part of the painting, and so I. I, that's what I, I thought of that Downing Thomas painting first um, because it's such a visceral moment for them to say, nothing can stop me from delivering this piece that re basically represents time except for this um, exploration of what it means to live the life we're living. And maybe the, those are two like kind of non-anchored ideas and I'm probably thinking about it too much, <laughs> which is the theme of this show <laughs> basically. Um, but I think it's, of at least them stopping in their tracks, this quest that they're on from point A to point B to look into this giant hole and reach their hands in and, and end up dropping this symbol of time, the passage of time, or to drop this like symbol of trust and honor that is coming from his grandpa. That's a really interesting juxtaposition. I don't know. Does that, does that make sense the way I'm describing this? It does. Yeah, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. I don't have the background in art history that you do at sure. all. But I think there's like this idea probably of like embracing the unknown hmm. and f having something that you find is so worth that risk hmm. where you're sort of willing to go to this length that you probably think is wrong, but you it's it's just full of unknowns. Right. Well, it's I think I'm I'm thinking more of the um I, that's that's tied into it because that the, the canvas or the like in this in this case the foundation of their life which is the city they live in that's the sewers that's the sewer system and so there is this un oh I see what you're saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah and I don't I don't know how much it actually connects to the main story of him like returning this watch yeah, yeah, or even what the sewer king is about in that. I, th I, th I think them looking into that into that abyss is f profoundly more interesting than this like weirdo sewer king. And if they tied it more, I would have been interested to it, uh, interested in it as well. But them looking into that abyss and then him dropping a watch, which like, I mean, if nothing else represents the fact that his grandpa is going to die one day, right? Like time is running out. He's got to get this honor from his grandpa. That's very interesting. And I mm -hmm. wish that, that that was what the episode was about. And I know it's not, but that to me is way more interesting. I think that this episode is sort of the thing that Reddit threads are made of, mm -hmm. where you kind of think like, did none of this happen? Like maybe they just went down to the sewer and it was sort of not worth mentioning. They got a little wet and a little dirty and then they came back out and they sort of like imagined this whole thing in their head sure. to create this narrative of like the hero or like, they were willing to 
um, sort of have this experience, yeah, to show that they're worth it to the grandfather or something right, like that. Right. To sort of live up to the high expectations that the watch for some reason sets and that honor means mm. to them. Well, and, and this show connects to a contemporary show that's all about the hero and about honor and about um, adventure. And that is Adventure Time, which uh, is a, you know, one of the best contemporary shows when it, when it comes to talking about what it means to be a young person and what it means to be a man or a hero. Um, and I, this episode feels like an Adventure Time episode, like 1997. Yeah, like a proto episode, like a proto Adventure Time episode. I think there's, especially, I think you're thinking of that when we're dealing with the Sewer King. Sure, because sure. Because the Sewer King has that sort of like sense of longing and alienation that I don't know what his name is, the blue guy. Um, the Ice King? Ice King. That yeah. the Ice King has where he's so lonely that he's willing to like uh, capture these people and make them prisoners just to have them be around right. him. So he feels like he has some sort of connection with people. But even, even that. Yes, definitely most of the Sewer King part, but even them on this quest to move this like holy relic, this watch yeah, from point yeah, A to yeah, point yeah. B, and then losing it, like uh, I think well, it was like an otherworldly dimension. Yes, and oh, like an totally. absurdity to it. it oh, that very absurd. Is, very yeah, absurd. ties in sort of yeah. with time. Um, the one other thing that I was thinking, um, and I think still ties into art history too, is this uh, idea of. Um, like the Vanitas painting or vanity, uh, a vanity painting, which basically uh, Renaissance and pre-Renaissance, they're a ton of paintings of, they're just still lives of like uh, plants and fruit and skulls and clocks. And like wine. Wine. Basically <laughs> yeah. things that, well, wine, maybe not. It's things that go bad. It's things that yeah, pass yeah, on yeah, in, yeah. Into, time, into time. And so mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. I think of, when I think of a, a watch, of right. When I think of a of a watch disappearing forever, I think, oh wow, that's a that's a comment on like the the vanity of life, and that one day we will all die, um, which is confusing when when Grandpa opens up the drawer and there's never ending bits of time. But I still think that him dropping Grandpa dropping the the watch down the drain of the sink surround and the sink is full of like dried and moldy fruit and flowers that's that's a it's the potatoes that he's cutting was he yeah he's like peeling oh a yeah yeah the but there's still some yeah, yeah, there's yeah. still no, something totally. um like deathy mean. about that and, yeah. and uh like ecclesiastical or vanity it it to me it kind of made that connection a little bit stronger seeing that and i only noticed that the second time watching it i more was just thinking like oh watches represent time but i do think that there's this um like gross death thing and this is the second episode that deals with that although this is in a more subtle level um you know the last episode grandpa's like i'm gonna die soon and 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 this one is kind of a more abstract version of that um and yet at the same time time uh, uh, grandpa saying there's always backup. That's sort of saying there's plenty of time for, for you and me to gain trust together. Yeah, definitely. I think there's like a thing. Yeah. Like that life is finite and that time also is the same exact way. And I think there's like this existential thing, especially like when a bit of an existential crisis, like when at the very end, he kind of feels like he's been thrown for a loop where he, um, is sees the grandfather open up the drawer and all of the watches yeah. are there and he's like what kind of like what was this all for like I went to the yeah. you know the ends of the earth essentially yeah. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, get yeah. this watch and I battled this fucking crazy man and then it comes back just for you to lose the thing again and then 
Arnold, they don't nod to this at all, but might know that like the sewer King ends up with that watch, which he ultimately does. Mm. Um, I don't know. And I think that the, when he's wa- when uh, Arnold is walking away, he makes it very obvious. Hey, where are you going? To take a long, hard look at my life. And I think that line in a kind of a roundabout way, yes, he sees that this drawer is filled with watches. And so time is never ending. So maybe, maybe there's not this like ecclesiastical or vanitas type of death looming, but at the same time, he still is realizing that his entire day was a waste. He he's searching after time, looking for it. Um, and instead of finding out that there's no time, he's finding out there's a lot of time and yet he's still just waiting wasted it and so it feels a little bit like a dust in the wind kind of moment like well that was a waste of time and i have to really think about that think about think about the decisions i've made it's a it's a heady line actually for a kid it definitely is and i think it's like how i'm gonna waste my time trying to help you again because then the grandfather sends him out on another errand i don't remember exactly what it was milk i think to get milk and his response to it was like all right sure like and it was just this very cool kid moment of like pointing at the sky kind of oh it was great it's a great moment and it's like, a, I thought of it as like a child's way of giving the finger. Like, fuck you. Oh, yeah, I'll go get it. But I'm yeah, not happy about yeah, it. Yeah, kind yeah. Of. <laughs> yeah. But Arnold would never say that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that stuff is like really, uh, all this stuff we're talking about is heavy and thick and interesting. And in the middle is this just surrealist story of a, of a lonely dude, which I guess is interesting. Not really. And then we were talking <laughs> about this before because I feel like there's like a certain form that the show has where uh, like Gerald is the order and he explains the story and gives you some background into these characters that you sort of meet, but that never happens here. So it feels really shallow, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know it. it I th- I feel like when we're both explaining this, we're reaching a little more than we normally do. And I think it's because we have this perspective when we're like seeing this thing and we're projecting these things onto it, which yeah. is what everybody does. Sure. But I think we recognize there's a void of interest and storytelling there sort of. So we're projecting a little more heavily than normal. Maybe, Uh, maybe, but I don't think, I think this episode, I I don't think anything we've said is off. I think that if we were to talk a long time about the sewer King character himself, that would be a reach. Yeah. True. Cause there's really nothing. Yeah. I think, I think what we've said is fine. I don't, I don't look at it and go, that was a stretch. I think it's, they're interesting comments on those things, whether they were explicit or not. Yeah. We can definitely look and think about dust in the wind kind of mentality. We can look at um, like the structure of, of uh, your life. Um, I think those things are there for sure. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. I don't know. Well, let us know what you think. Yeah. Please keep email- emailing us. Um, a few of these uh, things that were sent to us, um, these emails, people are like, oh, we, like we want to write about Harold too. Like, please do it. And send us your ideas just if you have any questions or like ideas for the show we might listen to it we might not but we'd love to see it judging by especially the lack of nitrogen and potatoes guy he seems to know more about this stuff than we do (laughs) Uh, let me just i want to say and i think i said last week i do i'm just trying to like ease people into this show you know know, defending your nerd yeah look i am a nerd i just am king of the nerds as far as handle is concerned uh, that's I'm a challenge the, I'm the to you, nitrogen potatoes. Mm. Yeah, maybe we'll have this mystery man uh, and Corian together and have like a nerd off with the show, like some sort of He'll quiz. Win. He'll yeah. win. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
so let's let's attempt the cry of the week. Yeah. <laughs> we can. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just like screamed at the microphone. No, <laughs> that's okay. Oh. Oh. Sorry, we've been drinking. Or I've been drinking. Or I we've had, been I drinking. Had beer. <laughs> Chill. Chilled. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go first because I think there's only one place where you can possibly cry. Um I'm gonna try to steal it from you because I know that you're probably thinking the same thing. Don't do it's, it. I know. It's when grandpa opens up that drawer and there are a bunch of watches and uh, the music plays as it always does. And Arnold says, says you know, he's going to take a long, hard look at his life and the decisions he's made. I give it a, a single tear with a few extra little droplets. Not even a tear and a half. Less than a tear and a half. I'm going to knock your socks off. I'm giving it a full cry. Shut because up. I feel like Arnold, like I wasted my time on the first episode of this little segment here. Wow. I need to go think about my life. Like Arnold said, wow. You that was what? really, that was, crush- good. that was a that crushing was- moment for me. It really, I have this perpetual thing of like, is the act of talking about a cartoon, <laughs> not an insane thing to do, which it is in that episode. Just like, really, I was like, this is it. <laughs> like, I'm going to call Corey right now. I'm like, we're done. This I can't do this anymore. Episode. This is the last one I'm doing. So Craig, you better deliver on these upcoming ones. Oh yeah. Craig, I'm calling ones. you out again. Stop. Craig, you're the best. You're the best. Oh, the one redeeming thing about this episode, the pig one. No, all the whole thing was Jim Lang's music. There's like some jazz guitar, like smooth jazz guitar, I think in the second part of the second part of the episode. That's like amazing. I wish I knew the exact part, but I, I remembered hearing it and being like, this is what it's all for. So Jim Lang, you really brought it home on this one. Thanks, dog. Thanks, Jim. Jimmy. Look, there's so many more episodes coming up and they're great. <laughs> and this one just, thank you for sitting through it. It, you know, it, it honors the show. Like warts and all, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Every curve, blemish and dimple, right? Curve? That's not a thing people say. Curves what are great, it? aren't they? Curves are. Uh, yeah. What do they say? Every something blemish. Every and wrinkle? Every wrinkle, blemish, and dimple. That's pretty ageist. Wrinkles can be cool, too. All right. Okay. I'm just... Look, I... That's not what I say. I'm just... We have very... We have a very progressive, sensitive audience. You got to be careful of things to say. And I agree. Corey. Is Abner wait? Is Abner a boy? Are we sure? Oh, true. Your fault. My fault. My fault. Hey, thank you for listening to us stretch about this episode. We love Hey Arnold, just not this episode. Yeah. So, sorry, uh, Craig. Please we do tune in again. Uh, I actually don't. Re- I think next week is. Oh, I just I did watch it. It's uh, you've world, seen it before. World records and um. One other, and I don't remember what the other one is. Oh, I forgot to say this. I legitimately fell asleep during the first episode at the very end and had to restart it. When I woke up from my nap that I didn't expect to have, I woke up during that episode and I was so confused because I thought <laughs> only like five minutes had passed and it had been like 45 minutes because I was at the end of the next episode, uh, yeah, 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 which yeah, was yeah. awful. Yes, yes. I was so confused. Like, where's the pig? What's going on here? <laughs> and they're, they're making a pizza in that episode. Yeah, so yeah, maybe, like, maybe no, he's in he the pizza. The pizza yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. We hope to hear from you, and we hope that you join us next time. Yeah, actually, rate and review. Uh, Emily Okada does her design. HeyArnoldHey.com. And email us at hey.heyarnoldhey at gmail.com. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Wow!